We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michael'sFlooringOutlet.com. Here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. Hey, and welcome to Overnight America. Brad Young sitting in this evening for Ryan Recker. Glad you're with us. Uh, you know, I got to tell you, one of the, the behind-the-scenes thing, one of the best things about coming in and doing the show here on Camel X is like tonight. I got to sit here in the studio and listen to Kevin Wheeler I, it was very good. It was excellent, and I always enjoy his analysis, and uh, it's great to follow him, although really, you know, you don't want to follow uh, Kevin Wheeler because uh, it's like performing with with uh, with puppies. You know, every it, it's a hard act to follow. It's a hard act to follow. Hey, glad you're with us this evening. You know, as I, uh, as I always like to mention, if you want to send me an email at any given time tonight or tomorrow, always love hearing from listeners. My email address for my law firm, Harris, Dowell, Fisher & Young, uh, my email address is beyoung at harrisdowell.com, H-A-R-R-I-S-D as in David, O-W-E-L-L.com. Always love to hear from you. We've got a jam-packed show this evening for you, is as long as my voice holds out. You know, when you talk all day, it's, it's hard to then to come here and talk all evening. So I've got lozenges, I've got tea, uh, so hopefully we will make it through this evening. Thanks for staying with us tonight. We've got lots of things. We've got several interviews lined up for this evening. In fact, uh, coming up around 8.15, we're going to talk to Amy Gill. She is with Restoration St. Louis. And they've invested millions, literally millions of dollars renovating properties. And then what happens? The pandemic is what happens. And how do you run a business? How do you renovate properties and open hotels and run restaurants in this current business climate? It's very, very challenging. So we're going to talk to Amy Gill on that. And also in the next hour, we're going to have on a great friend of mine. His name is Mark Moreland. He is the president of the Missouri Trial Attorneys Association. Actually, it's the Missouri Association of Trial Attorneys. And, you know, besides Mark and I uh, agreeing that today is Thursday, that's about all that we agree on. So, but he's still a great friend. In fact, when we have lunch together or dinner, or we get together and talk and when we see each other in court, uh, the fur flies when we have uh, discussions. 
And then afterwards, you know, we're great friends and we can go out and spend the evening together. So I'm going to have him on to talk about a host of issues, including uh, there's been some, a push here in Missouri to have a COVID-19 liability shield for businesses. In other words, businesses under this provision would be uh, they would be shielded from lawsuits. If someone says, well, I was in Walmart and uh, and I got COVID and so I'm suing them. This would provide a shield to businesses from those types of lawsuits. So uh, so we're going to have him going through that issue and lots of other issues, and that'll be in the 9 o'clock hour. And, you know, it's funny. When I mentioned uh, a liability shield, uh, I, I was in uh, – I won't mention this big box retailer's name, but uh, it was down in Springfield, Missouri. I was down there for a court appearance a couple of weeks ago. And so I went into this uh, very well-known big box store – and I was impressed that lots of people were were wearing masks, but unfortunately, uh, they weren't all wearing pants. And I, I kind of thought maybe they should be uh, wearing pants in addition to wearing masks. In any event, uh, so we're going to go through those issues. You know, the other issue of the day, and I think you even heard Sean Michael Lyle talk about this at the top of the hour in the news broadcast, is that uh, St. Louis County restaurants have been closed by officials, or at least the, the one one of the restaurants that was going to be closed, they kind of backed down. They agreed to uh, they agreed to prov- go along with the provisions that were instituted by St. Louis County Executive Sam Page. They've opened back up and they've kind of dodged the legal bullet on that. But one of the things that we will be talking about with Mark Moreland in the next hour. Is that the right thing to do? Should we be shutting these businesses down and harassing companies that are just trying to provide for their employees and keep their businesses alive? Is that something we really, really should be doing? You know, in other news today, I think I saw that uh, the negotiations on Capitol Hill in Washington, those have kind of gotten started again about another COVID-19 relief bill. And uh, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, I think she's talking to Mitch McConnell about trying to get through another COVID relief bill that would provide funding and checks to folks and extend unemployment and so forth. And, you know, I'm in favor of that. I'm not opposed to a bill, but they've been literally almost a trillion dollars apart and Mitch McConnell's bill right now is like at $500 billion and the and the Democrats were stuck on $1.5 trillion. Uh, and these are just staggering numbers. And so now they're kind of coalescing around $900 billion, which is just how negotiations go. Uh, but even in that $900 billion, I've got a lot of problems with this particular bailout bill. So we'll be going through that this evening as the show unfolds as well. But coming up after this break... We're going to be talking to Restoration St. Louis uh, CEO Amy Gill about launching new business ventures, operating businesses in a pandemic COVID environment, and how you make that happen. Brad Young sitting in on Overnight America for Ryan Recker. Don't go away. We'll be right back. St. Louis's traffic station, KMOX. Welcome back to Overnight America. Brad Young sitting in this evening for Ryan Recker. Thanks for staying with us this evening. I forgot to mention before, if you'd like to send us a text during the show at any time, I'm looking at all the texts 
And uh, the text, of course, is the same as our phone line, 314-436-7900. And we'll be opening up the phone lines probably in about 30 minutes. But right now, I wanted to talk to Amy Gill. She's the CEO of Restoration St. Louis, and she joins us this evening on the Quiver River Guest Line. Amy, welcome to KMOX. Thank you. Thanks so much. Yeah, I wanted to uh, to have Amy Gill on. Again, she's the CEO of Restoration St. Louis because, to me, uh, I'm a business owner. Of course, running a law firm is a little different than running other businesses, but I'm just amazed at how creative business owners are and have to be to operate and launch business ventures either right before or even in the middle of a pandemic. So what's the focus, Amy, of, of Restoration St. Louis? So we founded our business with the idea that we were restoring historic buildings and historic neighborhoods that were had not been worked in, basically. So we started in The Loop a long time ago in the 80s and um, branched out from there to Skinker to Bolivar and then down near the Slough area. And, um, you know, we've kind of expanded our business as we went along But the basic idea was that um, we would be the first people into neighborhoods that had seen decline to be able to um, restore, you know, these gorgeous buildings and the neighborhoods themselves. Boy, that's as much of a mission as it is uh, a business venture. And and speaking of a mission, I, I was very impressed by your mission statement, redeveloping neglected neighborhoods and making them great places to live, work and play. So tell me a little bit about, Amy, tell me a little bit about the emotional experience. I mean, you go in, you find uh, a diamond in the rough or a dilapidated building, and then you restore it to, to its original grandeur or even more than original grandeur that existed. What's the emotional experience like of doing that with particular projects or buildings? Well, I always say my husband and I are really into instant gratification, right? And there's no business that's better for that, honestly, than than restoring historic buildings. Because once you start every day, you see progress. Every day you get to see a piece of it come together. And um, so, so that part is amazing. And then, you know, redoing neighborhoods, you really get to see things change. And, um, if, for example, in the Grove, when we were working in the Grove, you know, you would see the change day by day. We had a friend who told us not to invest in the Grove. He was short-selling his house because he wanted to get out of the Grove um, in 2000 and what was that? five. And he said, don't, wow. you know, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And we said, no, we're going to do it. You need to hang on. And um, he recently refinanced his house um, four years ago to send his son to college because he had so much growth in the Mm -hmm. value of his home that he was able to, you know, send his son to college. So it's things like that that make you actually really proud of what you're doing, you know, because you're, you're enriching a whole group of people that, you know, might not have that opportunity. We're, we're talking to the CEO of Restoration St. Louis, Amy Gill, and there's two properties, Amy, in particular that I'd just like to talk about for a few moments because I'm, I'm fascinated by what you do and how you do it. And in one project in particular is the Hotel St. Louis. Um, tell us a little bit about that downtown. I, my wife and I stayed there recently, and I was very impressed. And uh, tell us a little bit about this was a historic building designed by a, a, an historic architect, wasn't it? 
Yeah, well, for those of us who are architecture geeks, it starts even before that because that was the original home of Henry Shaw. And he lived on the corner of 7th and Locust, which is the back part of this property. And his home was where this 705 Olive sits today. And in order to get him to sell, they had to offer to move his home Mm -hmm. brick by brick to um, what is now the Missouri Botanical Garden. And it sits there today. And there's even a plaque on it that says that it sat where 705 Olive is today. You know, I just saw that. My wife and I were just at the Botanical Garden about two weeks ago. And, of course, I always see we're members there, and we see that building all the time. But I didn't connect that that building was where... Hotel St. Louis is now. I didn't put that together. Right. So it started with Henry Shaw selling to the Sella family, who's still a big name in St. Louis. And um, they built that building. Um, It started in 1890, and it was one of the first um, skyscrapers in the world. So it was for until 1920, it was the most expensive property in the United States, believe it or not. Wow. Um, and the Stella family built that building, and it started as an office building. And, um, you know, for 100 years, it was an office building. And, um, and then it started to decline in, you know, the 2000s and really hit the, a big decline in um, 2010 and was virtually empty. And we saw it and said, you know, you just can't let a Lewis Sullivan building, he's America's architect and, you know, the inventor of the skyscraper, and um, we couldn't let that go. Um, For architecture geeks, the funny thing that we figured out about the building as we were working on it was that Frank Lloyd Wright was Lewis Sullivan's intern at the time, Hmm. and um, he actually worked on that building. So it's actually a Lewis Sullivan slash Frank Lloyd Wright building. Amazing. Um, so it's 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 an architectural gem, and it was empty and going to fall apart. And um, so we're very lucky to have been able to restore it. And we were, I'll tell you a, a story that's near and dear to me, and I know I'm talking a lot. but That's fine. Um, the Sella family had multiple offers on that property, and... Um, called us in and said they had offers for more than a million dollars more than what we offered them. And they said, we're going to sell it to you because we, it's, it's, we're the second owner of a building built in 1890 because it was in the Sala family trust. And um, they said, we're going to sell it to you because we want it to be in the hands of a St. Louis family that we know will do a good job. And we don't care that we're missing out on this, you know, huge amount of money. Good for so, you. I, good for them. Good for right? them, but, I mean, but good for you because you were, you were in the position to make that happen. Well, I mean, we were lucky enough to be able to do that, but but if they had wanted another million dollars, we would not have been able to do it. So we're so, you know, grateful that they were kind, and we don't know them. You know, they're, they're not our friends or anything. They just wanted to do what was right for St. Louis. And that's what I think is so lovely about St. Louis is there are so many people who are just willing to try to do what's right for our city. Well, and we're we're talking to, of course, uh, CEO of Restoration St. Louis, Amy Gill. And obviously this is the type of project where your company invested millions of dollars to acquire the property or millions of dollars to, to certainly renovate and develop that property. So 
My, one of the things, I've got some economically challenged acquaintances of mine, and, and as we talk about economic issues, they, they just don't understand that it takes money to renovate and build and create, but there must be a way to, to recoup those types of investments. So tell us, with regard to COVID and the pandemic and the shutdown that we're all seeing all around us, how are you making this work? How are you guys doing in terms of making this operation viable? Because this certainly wasn't in your business plan. Yeah, we're going to invest millions of dollars into a property, and then we're going to try to ride out a pandemic. You know, that wasn't in your business <laughs> no, plan. No, so that how wasn't in you, anybody's plan, no, I'm sure. No, it really wasn't. So how are you making that work? Um, well, lots lots of prayer, lots of support from our employees. Um, we have been, um, you know, I would say lucky enough that um, our bankers have been um, understanding. Um, and then, you know, there's no, there's no, we don't have a, a, a crystal ball, right? We don't know what's going to happen over the next little bit, but um we're hopeful that, you know, we're doing carry-out, and we did Thanksgiving carry-out. We're doing Christmas dinner carry-out. We're, doing, um, we're uh, doing some meals that you can get to go and make in your own home. Um, we're doing, you know, lots of things, staycations for people who are just sick of being cooped up at home but don't want to take a lot of risks. We're really lucky that our HVAC systems in our hotels here have ionization filters in them already. They're state-of-the-art um, HVAC systems, and the ionization filters actually um, they ionize the air, so when it gets out in the room, it kills the coronavirus. So um, we're very lucky that um, we invested well in a great mm-hmm. HVAC system before this all happened. Um, so, um, you know, we're just, and we're honestly asking people, you know, to please, if you, if you are going to go out, please come to us. If you are going to spend the night out or want a staycation, please come, you know, because I think the only thing we can do in St. Louis is just support each other. Well, that's true. You know, my wife and I years ago started making this pact about why are we going to restaurants that are chains? Why don't we try to support local restaurants, local business people, local investors uh, to try to support these smaller businesses, not a chain, a huge multi, you know, national corporation based in New York doesn't care about my business, but somebody here in St. Louis does. And so uh, uh, that's why I wanted to talk to you tonight was just to get your perspective on on how you're riding out this pandemic. We're going to come up here on a break, Amy, and we're going to, if you could stick with us through the break, I've got some other things I want to talk to you about. And we're talking to Amy Gill. Again, she's the CEO of Restoration St. Louis. And we're going to talk to her about some other properties here in St. Louis and the process of taking something that is dilapidated, you know, it looks like it's been deserted and abandoned and turning it into a jewel that we could be proud of right here in St. Louis. Brad Young sitting in for Ryan Recker on Overnight America. Stick around. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. 
Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. News Radio 1120, KMOX, the voice of the Cardinals. Welcome back to Overnight America. Brad Young sitting in this evening for Ryan Recker. And I wanted to have Amy Gill on. She's the CEO of Restoration St. Louis because, uh, again, I'm a business owner and I operate a business, but it doesn't take millions of dollars to launch a law firm. Uh, you just get your degree, get some friends, and uh, and start working. That's a, that's a lot simpler. But it's just imagine if you invested millions of dollars in properties and you turn dilapidated buildings into shining new spectacles to see, and then you're hit by a pandemic. There's no conventions. There's no in-house dining. Uh, there's no travel. And it's just it's amazing to me that, that folks are resilient and adaptable in this type of business environment. So, Amy Gill, thanks for sticking through the break with us. Uh, oh, no worries. One of your other properties that I was actually very familiar with for years, my uh, at a previous law firm where I worked was in Clayton and worked there for many years and would often go to the Seven Gables Inn and oh. loved it. But, you know, it, after a while, it kind of started to get run down and it looked rather dilapidated before it closed. So tell us about what you've done with that particular property. When did you acquire it? Uh, I guess it was around two years ago we got it, year and a half, I guess, uh, ago, we acquired the property, and um, uh, the city of Clayton was really worried that someone was going to purchase it and tear it down because it was up for sale, and um, we got a call from um, the development person at the city of Clayton who happens to be from Davenport, Iowa, where we've done a ton of work in their downtown and he said, you know, could you please come and look at this property? And at first we said no, because it's not in our wheelhouse. We do, you know, neighborhoods in neglect and not, you know, Clayton, which has obviously not been neglected. No. <laughs> but he pressured us and pressured us. I think he must have made 50 phone calls. And um, so we went and looked at it. And it's such a lovely building and in mm-hmm. such a, you know, beautiful story and so we decided to go ahead and do it and we have got rehabbed it we actually opened a week before the um the shutdown um i remember standing there with sam page and michelle harris the mayor of clayton and everything and everybody talking about well do you know what do you think about this you know coronavirus and then boom mm-hmm. right so um and so we were shut down for um, several months, and we reopened in July, um, and then, um, you know, we're, we're, we were building our business, and then, of course, they shut down the indoor restaurants, um, which has, you know, had a, an impact on um, all the restaurants in the county, 
and um, so we have a tent in the in the yard and in the in our garden area, and we have um, outdoor fire pits in the front, and we're just you know doing the best we can. We have an amazing chef, and you know he's coming up with all kinds of great ideas, and we do carry out and you know just doing the best we can. I mean, it's only a 32 room hotel, so it's tiny. Um, we're very lucky that my son Dylan agreed to stay with us during the pandemic and run it for on the cheap mm-hmm. for us because you know when you have children most of their labor's free so. yes yeah but that's so. never worked out too well for me my kids uh my kids always hit me up for cash so you're a better <laughs> negotiator than i am but uh, but tell me about the process when you go into a property like hotel st louis or like the seven gables inn and you go into that property how do you draw a line between restoring it to where it was or maybe even improving it? In other words, stylistically, how, how do you make those decisions about either restoring it to the original the, the original way that it was or adding something to the original property? Well, I think a, a lot of the historical features that people love, right, the gables, the wood, the homey feel of Seven Gables and that you want to keep. But, for example, the fact that it didn't have good air conditioning or any air conditioning, it had window <laughs> units, and the fact that um, the electric wasn't great and there wasn't good Wi-Fi and, you know, things like that um, are things that, you know, you automatically think, okay, we're going to do this, right? And then it then you look at things like bathrooms. And I really don't know anyone who, you know, relishes a really a 1960s, rehabbed bathroom. <laughs> no, no, not really, no. So, um, so you know, things like beautiful showers and beautiful tubs and TVs in the in the mirror and, you know, Toto toilets, things like that that make it a really luxurious place that people want to go to. And at the same time where they feel a connection to the history of of the project. And, and so that's what we try to do. For example, all the art there is local um, or was bought at the art fair. So, um, you know, you get an idea of what Clayton's about and, you know, that, that the art fair is something that you should try to go to. And, um, you know, we just do little things like that. We did, we have a lost classics menu, which is all the things that um, from famous restaurants uh, like the Parkmore and um, Remy's and places like that where we, ha- we have pieces of a menu from places that everybody remembers. Sure. You know? Yeah, there's a Facebook page. I think it's called Lost Tables that my wife and I like to read just because of all the, the great restaurants in St. Louis that have you know suffered over the years and left us. But you're, you're honoring those even at your new and renovated place. Right, exactly. And it's funny because, you know, the people who did those, we we reached out to them to ask them, could we use your recipe? Could we use your... And it was funny how, you know, lovely they were about, oh, that's great. Sure, I'll give you this recipe. I'll share with you because, you know, they know that people have such fond Mm -hmm. memories. Absolutely. You know, the Bush's, the Russ's salad from Bush's Grove is one of our most popular items. And everybody who comes in goes, I remember eating this at Bush's (laughs) Grove. Right. Of course, you, so, that's that's what you remember about going there. That and you know the bungalows, but yeah, you remember that. Right, exactly. So it makes people feel good, and and you know in the hospitality industry, that's what you want. You want people to leave feeling good. Mm, 
That's a good point. You know, we're talking again with uh, Amy Gill. She's the CEO of Restoration St. Louis. And and I found in my experience that the, the, the most important ingredient in the recipe for business is adaptability. And you, you've discussed with us this evening the the many ways that your company is adapted and trying to make it through this uh, this pandemic closure. But what do you see going forward, Amy? In other words, as you look forward, as all business owners and developers have to do, as you look forward and plan ahead for the future, how do you see us moving forward economically in, in this uh, as we come out of the pandemic climate? Well, I feel like people have been cooped up for a really long time, and they will want to get out, and they will want to do things. I think, you know, the things, you know, once the vaccine has been out and um, people are comfortable, I feel like, you know, people will want to have weddings. We have so many weddings that are waiting, you know. Um, So weddings and um, celebrations of life and um, all the things that people have missed out on, over the last, you know, birthday parties. Or um, even conventions. Like I mean, think right, about the, exactly. the convention Conventions. business downtown. And and uh, we've always had a thriving convention business here. And, and of course, you know, not this year. So right. we've got that I, to look forward to. I think conventions to. will come back. I think, you know, even before that, sporting games. I miss the Cardinals oh, so much. I can't sure. even tell you. So I feel like the Cardinals and the Blues, you know, um, are something, you, you know, we all... I, I don't know a, a single St. Louisan who didn't say this year, I miss going to a Cardinals game. You know, even my friends who go to one a year were like, yeah, but it's a tradition. I go do these things. And I feel like those are the things that will come roaring back because people miss them so desperately. And hopefully, you know, we're a part of that. Hopefully, you know, people who want to go to a Cardinals game will come down and spend the night and stay in downtown and, you know, or come to Seven Gables when, you know, when the art fair is on Mm -hmm. and spend the night. And, you know, these things that we all hold so near and dear to our hearts. So I, I think that's what will come back first. And then gradually business travel. I noticed, um, I have some friends who will say, well, you know, we don't think people are going to travel for business because nobody's going to go back to their offices. But then you read um, today in the London Times, there was a big study done about how productivity has fallen off a cliff with people living at home in the third and fourth quarter and working from home. And, you know, that, that businesses are starting to take a really hard look at that. So hopefully, you know, we'll see that, that, kind of move back to normalcy in the third and the fourth quarter um, or even sooner. I keep, yep. I keep saying to everybody, they, they keep saying there's 20 million vaccines, but that's only the Pfizer vaccine. And if all three vaccines get approved, that's 60 million vaccines in December. So we can only pray and hope that, you know, this moves quickly. Absolutely. Hey, Amy, if people want to find out more about Restoration St. Louis and the projects that you're doing across the region, uh, how can folks find out about what you're doing? Um, Well, our website is um, www.restorationstl.com, and that has all of the projects that we're doing in the United States. We just finished a project in Sioux City, Iowa, um, that had been vacant for 50 years Hmm. and was the big hotel in their downtown. Imagine if the Chase Park Plaza sat vacant for 50 years. So um, very important to their community, and it's spurred over 45 new building permits in their downtown, which we're very happy for. So, um, 
you know, every day we just try to, to move the ball forward a little bit. <laughs> Very good. Amy Gill, Restoration St. Louis. Hey, thanks so much for joining us this evening on Camo X. Thank you. Thank you so much. Appreciate talking to you. And she joins us this evening on the Quiver River Guest Line. And when we come back from this break, I got to tell you, I did get a text before we started talking to Amy. Uh, the text was, I want to talk for three hours about Ryan's McRib experience. So when we come back from this break, no, I'm not going to talk three hours, but we are going to, I think, have a clip from Ryan's review of fast food restaurants. So uh, listen, phone your neighbors and wake the kids. You're going to want to hear this. Brad Young sitting in for Ryan Recker on Overnight America on KMOX. Now back to Overnight America on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts, michaelsflooringoutlet.com. Brad Young, in for Ryan Recker this evening on Overnight America. Hey, we're having lots of fun here this evening, but uh, phone lines are open. If something's on your mind, hey, I'm the fill-in guy. Call in, share whatever you like. I'd love to hear it. 314-436-7900, or you can also text at the same number. And as I mentioned right before the break, we did get a text. Somebody wanted to hear Ryan talk for three hours about his McRib experience. Well, you know, the show... We really can't squeeze in three hours of a McRib review. So instead, we've got producer extraordinaire Mike Anderson has condensed Ryan's review of the McRib sandwich down to three and a half minutes. Now, I need to tell you, his fast food review is actually 28 minutes long. 28 minutes, folks. I'm not kidding. And if you want to hear that in its entirety... No, we're not playing it here, but you can hear it at Ryan Recker. Uh, that's his at his Twitter at Ryan Recker for his Twitter account, and you can catch the entire 28-minute fast food review. But for now, we're going to debut Ryan's review of the McRib sandwich on Overnight America. Hey guys, guess what I got? Guess what I got? The McRib. It's officially back. Yeah, when I go out in public, I look like a bum, so please ignore that. Yeah, I got the McRib. How cool is it? I, after talking about it last night, was having what some would call the McRib shakes. I was getting, oh, I gotta get them. Oh, I gotta get it. I haven't actually opened the box yet. This is all I bought. It came out to, after tax, $4.75 for the sandwich. I do remember the McRib being a little pricey, but, you know, worth it for the experience. When I got through the line, I asked him, hey, uh, it felt like I was doing something illegal. Hey, uh, you got that McRib? And, I, and they said, yeah. They, they acted like I was creepy for asking it. And then they said they, they have it for two weeks. So uh, here we are, giving this a try. Oh, it's so sloppy. This might be a mistake. Look at how sloppy this thing is. Here's the McRib. And you, the first thing you see is the rib patty is actually larger than what I remember it being. All right, let's open it up. Let's take a look. Um, okay, so no sauce on the top. It's all slathered on the imitation rib meat. Onions look good. Pickles look good. Maybe it's just something I'm misremembering, but actually, this imitation McRib... Oh, McRib XL. Yeah, that's what it's like. The, um, the actual patty itself is larger than I remember. It's actually larger than the bun, so let's give this a try. And I have to go to Aldi after this. 
So what's going to happen is I'm going to smell like a McRib at Aldi, which is probably the best place to smell like a McRib. All right, let's give it a try. What do you think? Is it going to be as good as before? Oh, this thing is so sloppy. Ah. Hmm. You know what? This actually tastes better than I remember. This tastes better than I remember. Oh, this is good. You know, I did a power ranking of my favorite fast food sandwiches. This might have to go up one. This is so good! Oh, I forgot how good this was. Mmm. The sauce is good. The fake rib meat is good. I don't even care if it's fake. It's good. I look like Hasselhoff when he was eating on the floor. Oh, remember that old Hasselhoff video? Oh, this is so good. I forgot how good the sandwich was. After tax, $4.75 worth every penny. Man, I might have to drive through and get a second one. I'm not kidding. You know, my neighbor across the street growing up, this is back when the McRib was still, you know, somewhat of a novelty, like it is now. You know what he would do? He would buy, I don't know, a couple of dozen of these things, and they would put them in the deep freezer and save them. Mmm, this... This is so good. Oh. Oh. All these haters. All these McRib haters. Oh. You don't know what you're missing. Oh, so go. Mm. Oh, my goodness. Look at this. Oh, so good. I got to tell you, we're, we're, we are laughing in the studio as much as you are laughing at home. And, and I got to tell you, producer Mike Anderson said, yeah, Ryan's next review is going to be his review of his cardiologist uh, after choking down a McRib uh, and, uh, and and getting rather interested in it, I must say. Uh, uh, I'm not going to go too far along that analysis, but uh, you could tell you could tell he was enjoying that McRib sandwich, folks. But the, the question becomes, what's your favorite fast food? I mean, we, we talked to Amy Gill and, and the restaurant. I, I've eaten at the restaurant in the Hotel St. Louis, and it's it's elegant, it's Fabulous. The food is well prepared, and and yet now we're going to contrast it with fast food. And you know, we all have those guilty fast food pleasures in terms of what you like. And you know, I got to tell you, mine's Chick Fil A. I I if I drive by a Chick Fil A, um, I I am close to being powerless uh, from uh, to drive in there because that's my go to secret fast food craving is just about anything at at Chick-fil-A, but most importantly, it's the spicy chicken sandwich. Love the spicy chicken. And a lot of times it's not even on the menu. So then you get the cool feature where you're ordering something off the menu. Oh, that makes you feel like you're in the club, you know, when you order something off the menu. But what is your favorite fast food? 314-436-436. 7,900, call or text, either way, we'd love to hear from you this evening here on Overnight America. Speaking of food, we've heard, think about it, over the years, we've heard lots of stories about people who go into a restaurant and the waitress serves the guy that's, you know, just nondescript, he's wearing blue jeans and a t-shirt, and he leaves some enormous tip, okay? We've heard those stories, and Generally, we we see them about every year, certainly around Christmas time, and and uh, I've seen lots of those stories this year. But there's one that's got a twist that came out literally today. Uh, this was in Texas, and uh, this it was at a it was at a 
seafood restaurant is called Red Hook Seafood. I don't mind mentioning the name because you're going to understand what I'm talking about in just a moment. But this waitress, her name is Emily. She'd only been there, I think it was her second week of working here. And she was working on a very busy Sunday. And she didn't know what she was doing. She didn't have a lot of experience. And some guy comes in and sits down. And Emily kept apologizing to the customer because, you know, things were just not moving very quickly because the place was very, very busy. So this customer said, yeah, I understand. It's fine. Everything's good. Don't worry about it. And in fact, the customer said he owned restaurants in the past and he knew exactly how hard it was to be a server. So uh, the waitress, Emily, she didn't think anything about it. She just goes about her business. And when the customer was, was finished and he left, he left a $2,000 tip. $2,000. Now, that's quite a tip. And he puts a note on there and he says, Merry Christmas, keep working hard. Merry Christmas, keep working hard. So obviously the waitress was excited. I'd, I'd be excited to get a $2,000 tip. Who wouldn't? But here's the Twilight Zone twist on this particular story. So she was excited. And when she went and reported it to her manager and the folks that were running the restaurant, they said, sorry, you don't get to keep it. And I'm, I'm, I've never heard that as a twist on a story before. She gets a 2K tip. And they said, well, I'm sorry, we can't process a tip larger than 500 bucks. So... I, I don't know. There, I, I would imagine that there is enormous social media pressure going against the Red Hook Seafood Bar in San Antonio, Texas, because here this waitress gets a $2,000 tip and she doesn't get to keep it. So we'll see if that changes. I think uh, once she gets excellent legal representation from a member of the Texas Bar Association, that restaurant might change their tune just a little bit. Uh, the other news that I want to mention here just briefly before we go to the break is, uh, you know, the, the rollout of the vaccine is coming very soon. And once that rolls out, obviously, folks are going to be getting shots and getting the vaccine. And so there's going to be a push to show folks that it's OK to get the vaccine. It's not dangerous. And so I know that the, the government is looking at putting together a PR campaign. So today, former presidents Barack Obama, George W. Bush, and Bill Clinton, they've all said that they're going to get the coronavirus vaccine. And in fact, all of them said that they would be happy to do some sort of a you know public service announcement or have it filmed or shot on video showing them get the vaccine really to say, hey, look, if a former president feels cool with getting the vaccine, you know, why shouldn't you? It's safe. If it's safe for me, you know, the Secret Service wouldn't let me get this shot if it wasn't safe. So why don't you go ahead and get it? Because there's a lot of folks in this country that are probably going to be concerned about getting the vaccine. But I got to tell you, as I'm reading this story today and I'm looking at it and I see that Bill Clinton was was first in line to get this shot, it did occur to me. Is Bill Clinton getting the shot because he's trying to be safe from the virus? Or was it just a really hot nurse that was going to give him the shot? You know, that I, you know that's got to be a factor if Bill Clinton is getting the vaccine. Brad Young sitting in for Ryan Recker on Overnight America. We'll be right back. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh.